bit of culture for you. There was a man called Charles Dickens who wrote a brilliant book called The Tale of Two Cities. You heard that book? It starts off with this great phrase. It was the best of times and the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom and the age of foolishness. It was the season of light and the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope and the winter of despair. And if anything, those words reflect the the world in which we live in today. That we are surrounded by huge darkness, but we are surrounded by huge light. And we believe that as a church, as the church of Jesus Christ, we are called to reside in the interface between darkness and light. We're not called to hide in the safety of a Christian cocoon. We're called to impact our world with the power of the gospel. Three of us believe that. Hallelujah. Another six more. And we'll double. Okay. Bad maths. See, the church is called to dwell in that interface between darkness and light. Jesus says about John the Baptist in Matthew 11, verse 12, since the time of John, the kingdom of God has been advancing with force. And violent men lay hold of it. You know, we are in a battle for the souls of our nation. We're in the battle for the souls of our family. And we are in this place as believers where there's darkness all around us. But the light is shining. It says in Matthew chapter 59, verse 19, this great phrase, When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him and put him to flight. For he will come in like a rushing stream, which the breath of the Lord drives along. When the enemy comes in like a flood, God will lift up a standard against him. And I believe this is a day when God starts to raise up a standard in our nation. It's time not to be intimidated, not to be fearful, but to dare to stand and dare to believe in the principles of the kingdom of God. Who's ever experienced a flood here today? Who's ever lived in Catcliffe recently? I don't know if you've ever experienced a flood. But a number of years ago, there was a, a, a little reservoir just south of Rotherham called the Uli Reservoir. And it got so filled full, it was almost burst its banks. And it rained so heavily that week that one day I couldn't get home from work. Scary moment. I have to stay at work all the time. Wow. But when the flood comes, it destroys, it disrupts, it damages everything in its path. And there's an enemy out there that seeks to destroy and to kill and to damage what God is trying to do. Jesus says in John 10.10, I have come that you might have life and have it in all its fullness. But there's an enemy out there who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Now, as believers, in our own lives, we can be subject to the floods of pain, the floods of disappointment, the floods of failure, the floods of agony. But Christ calls us to stand up and be counted. And next slide. Flood. I'm sad to say today there is an evil tide rising. Around the nation we see the horror of persecution. We see the horror of ISIS attacking innocent victims. But it's not just in Syria where we see that evil rising. In our own nation we see evil rising. We're teaching our children in school pseudoscience. 
We're teaching the theories of men as opposed to the truth of God in our schools. We are not here by chance. We are here by divine creation. But we allow the theories of men to be purported as truth when the truth of God is pushed aside and rejected in our schools. We see a secularization of our community. We see a twisted morality in our nation that things are so, are so abhorrent to God are portrayed as normal and everyday. How rapidly is our nation falling apart? When I was born back in 1966, I don't look old enough to her. When I was born in 66, it was against the law to be a homosexual. I'm not going to say whether it's right or wrong, but in today's society, they've, they've splashed it across our media screens. They celebrate every time someone has a civil partnership as if it's a great victory. But it must break the heart of God. The days of evil are upon us. And Jesus says in Luke 24, when you see all these things happening around you, look down and be depressed. What? What? Look up. Hang on. I've got the wrong version, sorry. When you see these things begin to take place, stand up, lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing nigh. We are not here to say, oh, woe is me, what a state the world is in. We are the catalyst of change in our world. You and me, we are the people that God has placed as salt in society, as light in the darkness to make a change. Do not say, I just, I'm praying here for someone to come and stand in the gap. You are the answer to that prayer. In your workplace, in your college, in your in your social environment, you are the light in the darkness. You are the salt in society. And we need to say, God, raise up a standard in our lives. Next slide, please. It's time to raise the standard. We're here to proclaim Christ. See, many people can talk about church, talk about mission, talk about Christian music, but you mention the name of Jesus and you always get a reaction. See, there's power today, not in the church. There's power not in worship songs. There's power in the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 4, verse 12 says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given towards men by which we must be saved. See, we're not preaching the church here today. We're preaching Jesus. Paul went to Corinth and said, I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Christ and him crucified. This is the hope of the world. Not a program, not a preacher, but the presence of the living God. And as we go into the world today, we carry with us the fragrance of Jesus. That his Holy Spirit anoints us, his Holy Spirit is over our lives. And as that anointing flows through us, we make a difference in our world. I pray today that God will give his church a Holy Ghost boldness and a courage we will dare to stand up and allow our voice to be heard. It's time to raise up the standard and proclaim Christ to a lost and broken world. See, Jesus is the answer. He's not an option. He's an answer. He is the answer. And outside these four walls, there are people who are living in darkness who are desperately longing to hear a word of hope. To hear a word of encouragement, to hear a solution can be made. Restoration can begin. Redemption can be claimed. 
in the name of Jesus. See, we're not here to repel evil with evil. It says in Romans 12, 21, do not repay evil with evil, but repay evil with good. With good. The Expositor's Bible says this, evil is not defeated, but is doubly victorious when it is repelled with its own weapons. The Lamb of God went silently to his grave, but rose again on the third day. He went to the cross like a lamb, but he burst asunder the gates of hell like a lion. And we live in that dichotomy between being lamb-like, but recognizing that we are lions in Christ. It's time for the church to arise. It's time for us to shake off the smallness of our mentality, the weakness and infirmity that's in our hearts and belief for even greater things. There was a man called Gideon in Judges chapter 6. He was the smallest and the weakest in his, in his tribe. And he said, how can God ever use me? I'm nobody, I'm a nothing. But the angel said to him, rise up, mighty man of valor. And how you see yourself today is not important. What matters today is how God sees you. And how you receive that revelation, allow it to impact your life, impact your heart. And I believe God wants to raise up an army today amongst us. Psalm 61 says this, let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Let those who hate him flee before him. If ever there was a time that we need the God of creation to arise, it's now. But as he rises, he calls the church to rise. It says in Joshua chapter 1 verse 3, God's promise to Joshua, wherever you set your feet, I will give it to you as inheritance. What land are you claiming back for Jesus? What relationships are you reclaiming for Christ? See, the enemy's stolen so much from us in our relationships, in our personal life, in our church life, in our community. And God has called us and equipped us to reclaim back everything the devil's stolen from us. But we are lullaby. lullaby into thinking that this is just the way it is. Nothing's ever going to change. But I pray today that God will stir our hearts with a passion for more. That God will come to us and restore us. See, I long for a day when the hills and valleys of South Yorkshire will echo with the sound of praise of Jesus. That these hills and valleys that were so darkened by the trauma of society will find the light of Christ breaking upon them again. God's heart is, when I first came here, someone said to me, welcome to God's own country. Is it God's own country? We're going to claim it back. Every single part of it. We don't want the devil to rob us or kill or destroy anymore. It says in Isaiah 54 verse 7, no weapon formed against you will prosper. See you, John. You will refute every time. (laughs) <laughs> that accuses you. Is this getting to you, John? Is it getting to you? <laughs> no weapon formed against you will prosper. You will refute every tongue that accuses you. 
This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And this is their vindication for me. We are more than conquerors through Christ. Jesus says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against his church. Therefore, we can stand up with a confidence and assurance of knowing who Christ is in us. Next slide, please. It's time to raise the standard. It's time to raise our standards. See, God's gaze today isn't just upon the mess of the world. It's upon the mess of the church. We have no authority to speak to the world if our lives are broken and damaged and unaligned with the purposes of God. The thing is, that church has been there for hundreds of years, but it's always been leaning. I don't know if you can see it, it's a bit of a poor image. It's not true, it's not straight. And as believers, we can go to church all our lives, but not be lined up with the Word of God. So the Bible says the Word of God is, a, is the plumb line in our hearts. It's the plumb line, it tells us what truth is. And if we allow our lives to line with anything else except the Word of God, we can deceive ourselves. See, and God says, He's longing for a bride. That is pure and spotless. He's longing for a bride that is not covered in spots and wrinkles, but a bride that is beautiful, radiant in holiness. And today we need to be an example into our world, not of just good community activity, but a life that is dedicated and set aside for the living God. That when they see you, they smell the fragrance of Jesus on your clothes. It says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Without holiness, no one will see God. Let me tell you today, God is moving by His Spirit. And as He moves, there is a greater demand upon the church for holiness than ever before. Things you used to be able to get away with, you'll not be able to get away with anymore. You've got to move with the Spirit of God. There's an urgency in the heart of God. It's saying, come on, church, raise your game. Lift the standards up. Don't compromise anymore with your lifestyle, with your choices. But set Christ as the center of it all. See, I love grace. I wouldn't be here, neither would you be here, if it wasn't for the grace of God. But Jesus was full of grace and truth. That he would do anything just to include, to accept, to bring people in. But truth is unchanging. Truth is unbending. Truth is unalterable. It never changes. Society comes and goes. Culture changes, but the truth of God's word never changes. And the same demands of holiness and expectation upon us are always there. But we need the grace of God to help us to live like Jesus would have us live. It says, I think it's 2 Timothy chapter 3, the grace of God has appeared unto all men that helps us say no to ungodliness. So we have, but this church is called Liberty Church, but I will say this and say it before, liberty is not the freedom to do what we like, but the freedom to do what is right. We're not just saying, come and live as you please, but the grace of God says, if you come to Christ, you have to live what is right. No, there's no room for compromise. There's no room for discussion. You live how the Bible commands us to live. 
It's the grace of God that enables us. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that empowers to live like that. Because we can't do it on ourselves. I needed a saviour then. I need a saviour now. But when his power starts to flow, things begin to change. So you cannot expect God to bless you if you carry on living in sin. God's grace extends over our lives, but we can't expect his favour and his mercy and his blessing if we're living out of sync with his commands. See, many will come to that, him on that day, Matthew 7, 22, and say, Lord, Lord, do not cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead. Do not perform miracles and wonders in your name. Jesus will say, leave me, you evildoers, for I never knew you. These people, they performed miracles and signs and wonders. They thought they were Jesus' best mates. But Jesus says to them, go away from me. You never knew me. What? How do we know that Jesus will know us? It says in John 14, verse 15, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Christianity isn't just about making that decision, putting your hand up in a meeting. It's about choosing every day to live your life as Christ would have you live. Laying aside what you want, <laughs> what your desires are, what your needs are, and putting his first. Amen? We're called to set a standard in ourselves, but also called to set a standard in society. It was Gandhi who said this phrase, we must be the change we wish to see in our world. We must be the change that we wish to see in our world. As Christians, we are called to set an example to the world of how you should live and how you can live. The world is looking to us, not to see necessarily if our theology is right, but if our theology works. Does this stuff actually make a difference in your life? <laughs> Looking for the reality of the existence of God and see it in the lives of you and me. But as a house, we are committed to make an impact in our world. Last Tuesday night, we met at the Minster. Who was there on Tuesday night at the Minster? We had an absolutely awesome time. It was great to have the police there, the police crime commissioner, the local councillors, the MEP, the MP and all the entourage, the town mayor. Many other people came there who were significant players in our community and they let us pray for them. <laughs> who is the authority in our town? Who's in charge here? <laughs> the Labour government? UKIP? <laughs> Jesus says, all authority I'll give unto you. As the church, we have the spiritual authority over this town. We're called, we're called to pray for those in government, those in authority, but we can set the standard, we can set the level, we can set the spiritual climate over our town. And we are not called to be victims. Oh, isn't the world so horrible? Oh, it's awful. We're not victims. We are victors. It's time to allow the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit to come upon us that we have a voice into our world. 
that we can pray and speak to MPs and MEPs and the police and those in authority and bring leadership to them. You know, you can lead from behind. You know that. You don't have to lead from the front. You can lead from behind. By setting an example, by setting a, a way forward in the midst of darkness. You see, it says this great phrase in Deuteronomy 28, verse 13. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. If you pay close attention to my commands, says the Lord, I'll give you this day. Carefully follow them. You'll always be the top and not the bottom. Isn't that a great promise? On the head, not the tail. On the top, not the bottom. That's great promise. That is also a great responsibility. Because we have a responsibility to pray for our government and to begin to influence a change in our culture in this town to see Jesus made famous. Do you think we can do it? <laughs> well, no, we can't, but no man who can. As we invite Jesus into these situations, he can expose the darkness and bring light to bear. We're not called to be victims, we're called to be victors. Next slide, please. Five more minutes, is that okay? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> it's, time, <laughs> it's, it's time to rally round away to the standard. I was, got saved in 1983. There was a Christian artist in 1983 called Sheila Walsh. Anyone heard of Sheila Walsh? Hallelujah. I'm not that old. Okay, it says this. This is great. This is a song called God Put a Fighter in Me. And this is one of the verses. Where have all the Christian soldiers gone? Where is the resistance? Will no one be strong? When we stand up tall and straight, rise up and storm the gates. How can we fail to get excited? The battle's ours. So why don't we fight it? Battalions of darkness rise above me, but God put a fighter in me. If ever there was a time for the church to stand up and be counted, it is now. If ever there was a time for the church to rise from the ashes, it's now. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation. Are you ashamed of the gospel today? <laughs> Are you ashamed of the name of Jesus today? It's time that we've got this message outside these four walls. I love early church history. There was a man called Justin Martyr who was one of the early apologists in the church. And he wrote to the local government. In fact, he wrote to the national government <laughs> an apology to make a defense of the Christian faith. So often we like to contain the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the power of the God, God inside the church building. But God intention was always that this anointing, this power of the Holy Spirit will flow out of the upper room into the streets of Jerusalem. See, when the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples in Acts chapter 2, that anointing didn't just stay within the building, it flowed onto the streets. God wants to fill you so you can spill. I'm filled to spill! <laughs> Because there's a world out there that's thirsty and desperate and longing for the word of God. And Justin Martyr writes these words in 165 AD, which is a long time ago, before breakfast even. And now, and so he's writing to the local senate of Rome, the national government of Rome. 
And now you can learn this from what is under your own observation, he says. For numberless demons throughout the whole world and in your city, many of our Christian men exercising them in the name of Jesus. And they've also rendered helpless and powerless devils. They've healed and they do heal in the name of Jesus. And this is seen under your own observation. So in the streets of Rome, signs and wonders, miracles and healings, exorcisms took place. So that everyone knew that Jesus was in town. <laughs> and today we have responsibility, my friends, to take this message out of where we are into our world. We talk about a flood coming of darkness, but I believe there's a flood of God's grace coming upon our land. I sense the wave is rising across our town. I sense the wave of God's anointing is rising. As the church gathers to pray and seek the face of God, we sense there's a change coming. And Habakkuk prophesied, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when the whole earth will be filled with the glory of the knowledge of our God. That your kingdom come, your will be done, said Jesus. It's time for that flood to begin with you and me. There's a darkness coming over the earth, but there's a light shining in the midst of the darkness. Isaiah prophesied those living in the land of the shadow of darkness have seen a great light. Should we stand to our feet? Our time's gone. Lord Jesus, today, we recognize the darkness that surrounds us. We recognize the horror of the lives around us. Even in our own personal lives, we felt the pain of failure, the pain of hurt, pain of rejection, pain of disappointment. But Lord, there's a healing balm in Gilead. Lord, you can heal our wounds, you can restore us even today. But Lord, I pray that as we are restored, we'll carry that oil and that light into our world. Lord, I sense today there's people here who are hurting, who are broken, who are in pain. But Lord, you desire to heal them. And I pray, God, that as we pray in these few moments, there'll be a healing release of your Holy Spirit upon those people. Pat, would you just come back, please? Just play the keyboard for a second. Holy Spirit of God. I just sense there's some wounds in people's hearts today. And you said to yourself, how can I possibly go and tell the world about Jesus when I feel so lost, I feel so broken, I feel so damaged inside? I just sense the Holy Spirit's here this morning. He wants to pour oil upon those wounds. I wasn't planning on doing this at all. <laughs> but there's broken lies that Christ wants to make new today. Don't stay in the darkness. For you are my child, declares the Lord. I've called you by name. Don't live under the shadow of the past, but rise forth into a new day, declares the Lord. This is the day where my oil is being poured out. This is the day where forgiveness is flowing, where mercy is flowing. 
and those who are hungry, those who are thirsty, can partake of this river and allow their hearts to be made new in these moments. That's you this morning. If you know you need healing from a broken heart, if you know you need healing from wounds deep inside you this morning, I'm going to invite you in a few minutes to come and stand at the front and get prayer from the prayer team. But also sense there's people here. And God is saying it's time to stand up. It's time to declare the truth of God's word. It's time to live a life worthy of the calling of God over your life. It's time to lay aside sin and shame and rise up as a mighty warrior. To pick up that standard and to take into the high streets, into the highways and byways and declare to your friends, your family, your neighbours that Christ is Lord. Raise up the banner. Raise up the standard. If you know it's time to step up, if you know it's time to step out, then just come in front and we'll pray for you in a few moments. Oh God. Lord Jesus, right now, you're going to stir people's hearts across this room. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come and fill this place. Holy Spirit, come and make Jesus known to each one of us right now. Holy Spirit, come. Set people free. The Bible says the Lord is our banner. Jehovah Nisai, the Lord is our banner. And the Bible says his banner over us is love. His banner is not condemnation, not guilt, not shame, not fear. But his banner is love. And today, as you stand at the front of this church, God is writing his name over your heart. He's declaring love over your life, love over your family. He's declaring his love and his favour over your future. Would you leave the past behind? Would you step out of the darkness today and come into the light? That's the prayer team to come right now. And just sing his last song through. Showers of mercy.